Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 73 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast. The podcast where we sometimes cry, we always laugh, we might get a bit ratchet, but we're forever gonna break it down. All right, guys, this week my guest is Mecca Woods, our favorite black astrologer. <laughs> and Mecca is here and she answers all of your listener questions that you sent in. So don't you worry. Uh, some of those questions were about why Virgos are so difficult. Y'all shady for that one in Virgo season. (laughs) We talk about retrogrades other than Mercury. Mecca breaks all of that down. And we even talk about twins in astrology. Like, how the fuck does that work, you know? Mecca even shares all the details about her new book coming out, Astrology for Happiness and Success. So stick around for that conversation. So let's just get right into Boonie's pick of the week this week. You guys know I love a good skincare product, <laughs> body product, anything. And especially if it is um, made and produced by a black woman, then you know I'm all the way there for it. Uh, this week, my pick of the week is Honey and Petals uh, Skintanicals is the company. But a uh, shout out to Chrissy out in Compton. Yes, out in L.A. Uh, I love her product. I purchased from her the honey trap right now that shit is so bomb (laughs) like most people buy a whipped um a whipped shea butter but the honey trap is actually a whipped um avocado butter which i like it's different it's a little thicker and heavier and i like to put the avocado butter on um like the same way with shea butter like when the skin is still a little damp right but it's not even that it's the avocado butter the scent on this bitch okay so it already has the organic avocado butter then it has like this blueberry smell and she also makes this other type of body oil that's in it this shit is bomb your skin won't be dry you won't be ashy it smells amazing and some people just really can't use shea butter because shea butter is still a nut right so avocado butter to the rescue so I love it. I used to just buy plain avocado butter and rub into it. And so I had never seen someone actually make a whipped um, avocado butter. (sighs) Buy this shit. I'm telling you to smell. And it's called Honey Trap. So you can get like, it's like a 16 ounce jar. You're going to look at the price probably and be like, oh, but I think it's worth it because it lasted me for like two months. Right. All right. So go buy it. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. And when you get it, tell Chrissy that Booney sent you to her website to get the avocado butter from compton all right so let's get to this housekeeping uh good news for you guys and you guys should all thank kg for this one he talked me into extending season for a couple of episodes yay kenny uh so now season four will not be ending at the end of october okay so the last new episode was going to drop on October 29th but now it will drop the last episode for season four will drop November 19th okay so you guys can thank Kenny there'll be no new episodes in December in early January so season five wow season five but season five will start uh in mid-January most likely we'll get through the holiday seasons because who wants to be doing podcasting then right uh but go ahead thank KG because I was just going to take all of November and December off and you guys aren't going to get any new episodes. So he's really the homie looking out for you guys. 
And I want to thank all of you because you guys are really moving these live show tickets. I honestly believe that I could be sold out of tickets for this show by the end of the month, by the end of September. The show again is Friday, November 2nd in Baltimore, Maryland. It is the Booney Breakdown Live Responsible and Ratchet Edition. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. Again, I have surprises for you guys who attend. I don't like to tell you too much. Just a little, a little, a little fun surprise when you get there. You never know what Booney has in her bag of tricks. <laughs> you never know what I have in my whole bag. You know, those whole bag tote bags are on sale on the website <laughs> over at thebooneybreakdown.com backslash shop. Okay, that's a shameless plug. But again, I really do think that these tickets could be gone in the next two weeks for the live show. Not even joking if the sales keep up the way they are. So if you would like to be there, tickets are $25. You can head over to thebooneybreakdown.com backslash live, L-I-V-E to grab your tickets, bring a friend. Um, ladies, I am working on getting some more guys there that are available okay keyword available <laughs> but I, we're just gonna have so much fun again the first one was amazing and i know this one will be dope as well uh feedback from last episode episode 72 a girl frank kiki with kim of pish posh perfect uh i love the feedback you guys most of you guys said it was just a very honest dope conversation and you felt like you were just sitting in on a conversation between two really really good girlfriends which exactly what it was so glad that you guys enjoyed that one again be sure to follow kim over at the pish posh perfect and uh if you're in baltimore again and you know the live show really isn't your speed i don't know why because you it's just gonna be this show but if you want to do something a little bit more intimate, a little bit more self-care, again, you can meet Kim and I at the perfect breakdown on September 22nd. I think it's two tickets left to that. And we also, I think, on when this airs, that'll be the last day, September 17th, to win a ticket uh, sponsored by the ladies over at Schooling Life Podcast. All right. So that's it done with the housekeeping it seemed like a lot but uh yeah so you know the drill follow us on instagram and facebook the boonie breakdown follow us on twitter boonie breakdown and when you're sharing this episode on all of your social media uh be sure to use the hashtag the boonie breakdown the hashtag pod in p-o-d-i-n it helps spread the word i cannot do this alone and i am so thankful and appreciative of every time you share and use your own social capital your own word of mouth to put a stamp of approval on the show. I really appreciate it, guys. Okay. So just keep sharing it. I always like and comment when I can. So that is it for me, guys. So let's get ready to break it down. All right, guys, it's your girl, Booney, and uh, with me today, my guest is our resident astrologer here at the Booney Breakdown. She's an hey. OG now, so welcome yeah. back, Mecca. Hey, I'm happy to be back. I love it. Uh, you know, we I think she's been on here three or four times now. You might be my, like, most invited guest. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> Thank you for always saying yes. <laughs> no problem. And I, I love, I love our chats. So um, on the last visit to the podcast, you mentioned that 
you had a book coming out and about two weeks ago you announced that it's available for pre-order so congratulations um yeah writing a book um it has been a crazy exciting scary um i don't know sexy (laughs) journey (laughs) um what happened, like, so how I even came to write this book was that uh, Simon & Schuster actually approached me to write it. And they found me, you know, through my horoscopes and my work with Bustle. And they were like, hey, you know, we really like your writing style. We, you know, you, you make things very practical and down to earth. And that's exactly what we're looking for. So um, basically, they approached me with this this idea to write a book that had to do with like practical advice for each sun sign. And so with the book, I'm bringing all kinds of advice from like, you know, career, wellness, love and relationships, and just really showing each zodiac sign how they can kind of live their best life. That's awesome. And and kudos to the big publisher seeking you out. Yes. (laughs) Yes. yes. Um, That, that in itself, you know, was like a really uh, crazy thing because that, you know, in the publishing world, I used to work in it a long, long time ago. That almost like, like never really happens. And so this definitely was one of those situations where like the eclipses brought this opportunity to me. And, and, you know, some people may be familiar with eclipses, some people may not be, but basically, um, you know, they're, they're, something like they're really powerful new moons and full moons that happen about every six months. And they mm-hmm. tend to bring things with them that have to, you know, that feel like a crisis or they feel like a big sort of a turning point or a sort of like a rebirth, you know, and sometimes things will fall by the wayside or kind of get eclipsed out like a relationship or a job that's on its last leg. And then sometimes, you know, there's things that come through that are opportunities, but they force you to really grow up and really level up. And that's exactly like what an eclipse is designed to do is to to force us to evolve and grow. And so with this book, you know, for me, it was a big uh, growth spurt because a year prior to me even getting the book deal, I had an idea about a book, but I put it on the shelf and I was like, oh, you know, I'll get to this later because, you know, I was kind of like, in my head about it, like, oh, no one's going to read this. And, you know, do I even have the, <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, I think it was that. And then also the other side of it was like, do I even have the stamina to sit down and actually like take on a book project, you know? And the universe was like, yes. <laughs> the universe <laughs> you always gives you the answer. Right, right. The universe always knows best and was like, yes, you do. And so you're going to sit down and you want to do this. And um, that's what exactly what I did. And, and here we are. Awesome. And the book, what is the release date and can people pre-order it now? Yes. So uh, I don't know if I mentioned the title, but the title of the book is Astrology for Happiness and Success. And it officially hits shelves on October 2nd, but it's available for pre-order now through like Amazon and uh, Google Play and um, Books of Billions, wherever, wherever books are sold. Gotcha. I will make sure to put the links in the show notes and on the web, theboonybreakdown.com where you can pre-order and or order if you have to, you know, wait till a payday. All right. So I'm just curious now that you said that, did you get to have any say in your release date? And did you like try to like pick a release date that worked based off of the stars and the moon? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's actually a good question. Um, I wanted to. But uh, the release date was actually something that the publisher picked based off of their schedule. 
And so what I decided to do, since I couldn't control the date that it was going to be released, uh, I knew that I would have to do like some marketing in terms of like, you know, pre-orders and things like that. So a lot of my astrological expertise in terms of date picking, things like that, uh, they call it electional astrology, like when you elect a date. It went into uh, picking the timing for like, you know, announcements and like the cover reveal and things like that. So like what was funny about that was um, way back in June, my editor, you know, like I had wanted to say something about the book and kind of do like the cover reveal. But they were like, no, you know, wait till August because that'll be a lot closer to, you know, October. So I was like, OK, fine. And um, a couple of weeks went by in August and I finally got this email from my editor and she was like, um, you know, we haven't seen anything from you, you know, in terms of like, you know, marketing, things like that. And I was like, oh, no, you know, it's fine. Uh, I'm waiting for the full moon. <laughs> and she was like, OK, <laughs> she was like, OK, uh, you know, that's that's fine. Well, you know, we'll leave it up to you. And so I ended up uh, releasing the cover around the full moon. And it was like an overwhelming like success in terms of like. The response to you know and you know people pre-ordering like it was for that particular weekend it was like the number one new release in astrology books you know for that for that weekend that i, I did awesome. so yes yeah, so i was really really happy about that and, and just for anyone who's listening uh full moons are always really great like when you want to do anything that involves like getting an audience or you know a gathering of people because that's when people tend to be most out there like most energized uh, I'm gonna keep that in mind as I do more events. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, and, and the full moon too is like is also kind of like uh, spotlighting something. You know, like the the moon is like the light is at its fullest when it with, with the moon. So it's like, you know, anything that you want to kind of spread the word on is revealed around a full moon. Which is why they say like if you want to do something secret, don't do it around a full moon because you'll probably ex- be exposed. <laughs> Well, there you go. There, well, we haven't even gotten deep into the astrology questions you sent in, but there we go. And so, well, just the last couple things on the book: Are you going to do a release party? Are you going to go on a little tour? For the yes, book? yes, yes, yes. So, I am going to do a release party sometime in October. Um, I have a place that I'm looking at. I'm hoping to do it in the Bronx, the Bronx, New York, where I live and where I was born and raised. Yes. Boogie, boogie down uptown. Um, and, um, yeah, so that, you know, I'll definitely keep people posted on that. And then a tour. Yes, I definitely, um, am interested in planning a tour, um, working actually spoke to a friend of mine who's out in LA, you know, who wants to help me, um, do something out there. Um, I'm looking at Chicago, I'm looking at Atlanta, um, and a couple other places. So yeah, uh, between, I would say the end of this year going into early 2019, is when I'll be doing travel. I'm waiting for Jupiter to go into Sagittarius because that is, you know, Sagittarius. I think all Sages are, we're, we're kind of like enough of this Jupiter and Scorpio. We are tired. We are emotional. We are. Yes, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> we're done with Jupiter and Scorpio. Please just send home for, you know, Jupiter home to Sag so we can He's live. Like, come on home. Come on home. <laughs> Well, yeah. I'm going to throw this out there because when I do things on the podcast, it makes me stick to it. If you would love to have Booney host you in Baltimore, I would love to do that. Oh, so. yes, 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 yes. I, I would love to. I would love to. Definitely want to go so to the DMV awesome. area. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Put that on the, we'll put that on the board. <laughs> um, I want to get in it because while we're we're doing this right now, it's Virgo season. And the very first listener question 
<laughs> that I got was this, this is all it was. Why are Virgos so different and difficult? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That that hadn't that wasn't a Virgo who asked that, right? No. <laughs> I asked what their sign was and they said Aquarius. Oh yeah. Well, Aquarius, I think, is a gonna Aquarius have some... difficult too. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. Aquarians, y'all difficult. Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't know. I think all signs, like we all have like our stubborn behaviors and, you know, like our things. But I mean, Virgos, I think people tend to um, bristle with Virgos because Virgos demand a lot. You know, they demand a lot because they give a lot. And, you know, if you're someone that's used to kind of like coasting and kind of like not really, you know, um, pitching in and, and doing your share, then, you know, you can definitely have a problem with a Virgo. The other thing too, is that the shadow side or like the unbalanced side of Virgo can uh, err on the side of being a control freak, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, it can have a lot of trouble uh, asking for help or, you know, um, res- you know, allowing other people to kind of like pick up the slack. And so that can also make people crazy in the sense of like, you know, why don't you, you know, just let me help you or, you know, why don't you let me handle this and like not micromanage. So, yeah, Virgos, you know, um, when they're unbalanced and when they don't know how to trust and so sort of like allow people to, you know, help them and pick up, you know, the, the work or do the work alongside them. They can be quite difficult. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm totally a Sag, but my moon is in Virgo. And so I do see those tendencies sometimes in myself where I'm just like, look, I'm giving you, I'm putting everything into this and I'm going to need you to meet me with the same type of enthusiasm, effort level, consistency. And it is, it it does become like, when it isn't matched. So I empathize with my Virgos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know, like Virgos, I feel like people who have Virgo in their in their chart, you know, are definitely some of the sweetest people in the world. I think just sometimes the you know getting caught up in the perfectionism can sometimes be um, more of a hindrance than it is a help. Mm. I, I'm shaking my head at that one. <laughs> it was another question, and I thought this was a really good question, and it made me go back and look at my own chart because I don't mm-hmm. know like all of the planets, you know, from my chart right. by heart. But the part, the question was, does it have any different, does it ha- make a difference on your romantic relationships when your Venus and Mars are in the same planet? Um, you mean like in the same sign? Yeah, in the same sign. I'm sorry. So like um, for me, it, I went and looked at my chart. My Venus and Mars are both in Aquarius. Well, well, yeah, it it would it would make a difference because you know we're talking about um, a heavy concentration of energy in terms of that. <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of that particular zodiac sign, um, Venus tends to represent like what we want, and Mars is like how we go after it. So if you have Venus in Aquarius, it's kind of like you know I want things that may be a bit like offbeat or a bit eccentric or a bit, you know, unconventional. And then Mars is going to show you like, well, if I have Mars in Aquarius and I'm going to go after those things in sort of like a very offbeat or unconventional way. And so when they're working together, it's usually helpful because, you know, you, you, you feel like 
you're in alignment, you know, more in alignment in terms of like what you're, what you want and what, and how you pursue it. Um, the trouble can kind of arise when Venus and Mars aren't in the same sign or like, you know, they're having some sort of friction between each other because then that's when you kind of get like, I want this, but the way that I go after it, you know, it's kind of like uh, sort of like a, um, a cat chasing its tail a bit, you know what I mean? So, um, but that's not to say that there's something necessarily wrong with that. It's just learning how to balance those energies. So with Mars uh, or rather Venus and Mars, uh, when they're in the same sign, I would say that it actually does play a big difference because Venus has to do with what you want and Mars is like how you go after it. So let's say, you know, you have Venus and Mars both in, in the sign of Aquarius. Venus is like, you know, I want things that are a bit offbeat and unconventional and eccentric and, you know, especially in terms of my relationships. Um, Mars is like, okay, well, let's go after this in a way that's probably going to be offbeat and unconventional. And so in, the, in that way, you know, they're kind of working like a team and, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit more easier for you to get what you want than, mm. let's say, someone who has like Venus and Mars, you know, in like a sort of a in different signs or, you know, signs that don't quite get along with each other. And that's not to say that like one way or the other is like, you know, bad or, or wrong. It just means that when you have, um, you know, Venus and Mars at the same time, it's just it, it's a, the energy works a bit easier. But at the same time, if you flip it on the other hand, it's also kind of saying that like there may you, you like uh, the like challenges that may come up may also not be as obvious as well because they work so well together. So mm. there's kind of like a plus and a minus, you know, to, to both sides. Gotcha. Well, that was interesting. I had never even thought about that. But once the question came in, I was like, wait a minute, go back and look at your chart. Because I, I remember <laughs> it's like, sadly, it's a lot of Aquarius. And then I have a lot of Sagittarius as well. Oh, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an, another interesting question that came in from a listener. Um and this was something, again, that I hadn't even thought of. Mm. And so the question was, how do astrologers deal with twins? Wouldn't they have the same natal chart? So wouldn't they have the same planet placements? Yes, yes. Um, twin charts are actually something that I'm kind of fas- fascinated with. And what's so funny about that is that I've actually done um, a few charts for twins before. And they're so... In doing the research, like before I actually like sat down with the client and like, you know, went over their charts, um, there was some, uh, I don't remember the astrologer who, who wrote about this. I want to say that it was um, Donna Cunningham. I want to say it was her, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But anyway, there's this idea that like when the twins are in um, their mother's womb, that there's sort of like this unconscious agreement that goes on between them where it's like, I'm going to take these qualities and you kind of like take those and so that's where you find like a lot of twins who are you know they could be identical they could be um you know uh fraternal but it's like they don't always quite do everything the same way you know Hmm. and i think part of that might be because um you know there's still this element of kind of like wanting to be like an individual you know kind of wanting to be separate um and kind of wanting to do do things very different. Like I know twins who get very upset. Like if you like compare them to each other, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm nothing like my twin, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So I was actually, you know, doing the charts for um, a pair of twins before. And 
what was so funny about that was that, you know, the things that I was seeing in, in one of the twins chart, I was like, you know, you know, you're this or that. It looks like, you know, I'm getting this and I'm getting that. And she was like, no, that's actually my sister, you know? And I thought <laughs> that that was so like fascinating to see like how the twins sort of like, um, how the characteristics sort of go in like different directions. And to me, it also kind of speaks to how like, you know, we can be born on the same day as other people. And we can have like, you know, we all have like our birthday twins or our astrological or zodiac twins. We're birthday and, twins. Right. <laughs> yes, 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 we are. That's right. Right. <laughs> and you can kind of see um like how like someone that's born on the same day, same year, same hour how they just go in a different direction and how you know you go in a different direction, even though you have the, the, the same, like an identical chart. There was this other um, study that was kind of done on like twin charts. And it was talking about like these two brothers and they were twins. Uh, one went into the military. Another one went into um, becoming a funeral director. And it was because the their Mars were different because of the minutes, you know, that they were like the, the separation or like the gap of time in minutes. So one had like the funeral director, he had Mars in the 12th house, which is a very subdued place for Mars to be because Mars is very aggressive. And so he was more like laid back, chill, you know, behind the scenes one. And the one that had Mars in the first house, which, you know, Mars is very aggressive and it's a very, you know, it's, it's a warrior energy. That was the one that went into the military. So it was really interesting to kind of like read about that and see like how twins can differ from each other, even though they have the same chart. Yeah, my best friend has twins and they're only three, but it's interesting to see like their little personalities like starting to develop and how different they are. Um, mm-hmm. And they're also developing a twin language. I know they are because I babysat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I babysat for yeah. them and they were talking and mm-hmm. the one was just like cracking up and I'm sitting here listening like, what the fuck are they saying? Like I had... <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah. It was the cutest thing. Yep, like they were yep, just yep, cracking yep. up with each other. Ugh, I'm like, that's twins are cool. <laughs> I, know. I know they're so funny. I know that they say that like people who have twins, um, they have to learn how to socialize them with other kids because the twins will just play with each other, and they won't, you know, like um, socialize too much with other other children. And so they usually tell parents of twins to kind of like to you know integrate the twins into like other groups so that it's not just you know, them, them together. together. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. they have a built in friend for the rest of their life. Like it's yeah, so cool. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never even thought about, you know, twins having similar natal, like exactly the same natal charts or similar, mm-hmm. but that, I thought that was a very interesting question. Yes. Yes. Um, earlier you talked about eclipses and so mm-hmm. naturally you can't talk about astrology without talking about retrogrades. Right. And this person said, we always only hear about Mercury. Always, always, or always people are obsessed with Mercury and retrograde. But right. right now I heard that there are many planets in retrogrades. Are there any tips or things that we should be dealing with with those? And so, yes, I think right now it's still like three or four in retrograde. What, like Pluto? Uh-huh. Right. So we have Saturn, we have Saturn, um, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus. Yeah, I think that's four. Yeah, I think it's four now. Yeah. Yeah, because Mars went forward a couple of, um, like, last week. 
So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, well, I think the reason why people always hear about Mercury is because Mercury is the one that goes to retrograde the most. Um, but Mercury mm-hmm. goes retrograde about three, four times a year. So that's why we hear about Mercury the most. Whereas the other planets, you know, their retrogrades, we feel them, but because their retrogrades happen um, less often and they happen at a very slower pace, I think that's why we don't hear about them a lot. However, when it comes to retrogrades, you know, I always tell people, you know, retrogrades are about like reflection and review and sort of, you know, looking at the past and figuring out like, you know, do I need, is there like any unfinished business that I need to take care of? Is there anything that, um, you know, any projects I'm working on, anything that I'm doing that is like, okay, how can I make this better or fine tune it or you know, in the case of like Saturn retrograde, it's kind of like, okay, what, where are the weak structures in my life? And like, how do I either reinforce them or just let them crumble completely? Or, you know, with Pluto, it's like, are there things that I'm like obsessing over that I need to like let go or, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, the retrograde is always time for like reviewing and really taking our time, which is really incredibly hard because we live in a very fast paced, forward moving world, which tells you that if you slow down, that you're being lazy and, you know, that you're not working hard enough. But I personally am always telling people like retrogrades are not anything to fear. They can be frustrating. Yes. Even though, you know, I have like four retrograde planets in my chart. So, you know, I was born during <laughs> retrograde. But, um, you know, even though, you know, with me being a Sag, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, it, I, I, it's, it's a, a period of reflection. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going to say, Mercury was definitely the one that made me familiar with the retrogrades and mm-hmm. made me start it to like Google and and dig a little bit more about like, well, is Mercury the only one that goes retrograde? Right, right. Oh, <laughs> so no, that's no, no. I found like, oh, my God, everything. Because I think at one point this year it was like six planets or retrograde. Did they yeah. yeah. And then we so, have coming up um, next month. So. So would that affect like your love life with Venus going yeah. retrograde? Yeah, Venus retrograde affects relationships. It affects your love life. It affects money, um, pleasure, beauty. I always tell people like, you know, don't do a makeover. Like don't do anything drastic or new to like your hair or like your wardrobe or anything like that. Well, Venus is retro because chances are you'll probably not like it by the time Venus starts going forward again. So huh. um yeah. Uh, and the same thing, like starting a relationship during Venus retrograde. I mean, you can like I don't, I don't want to say like, you know, don't date anybody, like just, you know, stay in your house and, you know, lock the doors. Um, but I will say, you know, if if anyone does start dating someone new during a Venus retrograde, they definitely want to keep their eye, eyes open um, and just make sure that they are aware, you know, for like, you know, red flags and things like that. You know, it might be something that could be like a really nice fling. Um, but it might not necessarily be like something long-term. So, Gotcha. Flings are good too. They can yeah. be fun. Mm, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Sometimes you need one. Sometimes you need a little fling. And so lastly, this is such a broad question and I guess you can answer it pretty broadly too. Um, I know we kind of harp on romantic capabilities, you know, not capabilities, compatibilities (laughs) and zodiac signs. Um, And do you think now like we've moved into the space as people start to discover astrology more and like it's becoming like a helpful tool in dating or 
people using it as kind of like a hindrance or crutch on like bad behavior or or why they won't date certain people oh he was an aquarius like right i think uh, i think i've seen both i think that um especially like if you go on like you know places like twitter and you see like you know certain twitter accounts and things like that you know kind of like you know um saying very generic things about the sun signs and things like that and you know i think that um astrology can be a really great tool in, in helping us to understand each other better. But mm-hmm. um, I do try to like warn people against kind of like um, using astrology to kind of write people off, you know, because I, you know, I even did an article about that um, a while back when I was kind of like, you know, if you are someone who tends to attract a certain sign over and over and over again, and it's a sign that presses your buttons and really gets under your skin then chances are that zodiac sign is trying to teach you a lesson about yourself. You know, like there may be something Mm. that that sign is trying to highlight about you that either you're not owning about yourself and you're kind of projecting it out onto other people, or it's something that you need to sort of, you know, integrate and sort of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of uh, bring, you know, bring to the consciousness or bring to your awareness. So that way you can be a better human being. You know, so like for me, for example, I remember there was a time when I was attracting like Scorpios left and right. And I still do. But one reason, <laughs> you know, after after like all the, you know, the chaos and like, you know, the madness of it, I finally stopped resisting the lesson. And one of the lessons was like, you know, be more selective about who you let into your life, you know, because Scorpios are very selective about who they let in, you know, because they, you know, you have to earn their trust. And so um, you know, I tell people like if there's a certain sign that you know you feel keeps doing you in, or you know, you know, gets under your skin, what is that lesson? Try to figure out that lesson that that sign is bringing you, because chances are they're they're just being a mirror to you. Hmm. No, I like that because I know you know I've said this many a times. I do write off Gemini men. I'm like, Mm-mm, I already know I can't do it. <laughs> But I said I do better um, with just like doing a blanket wipeout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but I, mm-hmm. I am guilty of it. I will take the charge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know I think I think we all do it to some degree. It'll be like oh you know these uh, like like they're you know Libras or oh God you know those Virgos. But you know it's kind of like. <laughs> I always have to just like, you know, remind myself or remind others is like, you know, before we like start pointing the finger, it's kind of like, okay, what what is it about us that we need to sort of like integrate and acknowledge, you know, so. Yeah, I like it. Well, we've reached the part of the podcast where we do the breakdown. So Mecca, mm-hmm. I'm going to say one word. Okay. And you have to say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. Happiness. Uh, joy stars on fire gucci <laughs> uh i don't know uh gucci um expensive taste <laughs> horoscopes <laughs> uh useful sagittarius fire 
full moon. Crazy. And the last one, big hair. Don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mecca, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Congrats on your book. Um, Thank you so much. Tell everyone where to follow you on social media, what your website is, and the release date for the book one more time. Sure. So you can follow me um, at the mechanism on Twitter. You can also find me at my website, which is mylifecreated.com. And my book, Astrology for Happiness and Success, is out in stores October 2nd, but it's available for pre-order now. Yes. So congrats again. It's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. Thank and you. Thank you for all the support. Of course. I've already pre-ordered my book. So hey. you guys should make sure to get yours and support Mecca. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Thanks again to Mecca for coming on the podcast and being a Boonie Breakdown all-star. I really appreciate that she really, whenever I ask, she's always on and willing to do a show. So I appreciate it. Be sure to follow her on social media if you have yet to do so. And please, please, please pre-order her book, Astrology for Happiness and Success. Okay. The link is in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, or any app that you listen to your favorites on. Don't forget to leave a review too. You might just hear a review on the next episode. Follow us on social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make those pretty images for nothing. Okay. Have a dope ass week. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Until next time.